The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Brian Lloyd from entertainment.ie is with us to go through the week's movie releases. So let's start with Irish superstar Paul Mescal and his new movie, God's Creatures. What's it about? What's it like? It's set in a uh, fictional seaside village. Paul Mescal plays this young man who returns to the village after being away a few years in Australia. His mother, played by Emily Watson, is delighted to see him back, welcomes him back into the family. And as the story goes along, you start to see that Paul Mescal's character has a bit of a... He's a bit of a scumbag, to be totally honest. Like, he's kind of manipulating the mother a little bit. He's had, like, issues with his father and all the rest of it. And he's trying to worm his way back into the affections of uh, Ashlyn Franciosi, who was this old flame that he had previously a relationship and then left. And she's now married to another man and kind of has a bit of an abusive relationship with him. Um, but where the story kind of takes its real sort of turn, if you like, is when a complaint of sexual assault is made against Paul Mescal's character. And Emily Watson, uh, her character essentially provides an alibi for him and then vouches for him in court and then that kind of drives a wedge between her and the rest of the village and then it drives a wedge between Paul Mescal and him so it's really I guess a film about how the idea about how a lie and how hypocrisy can essentially drive people apart and that you know how far will a mother go to protect her son even though if her son is a complete sociopath you know that sort of way it's a very very dark film it's not a film that kind of lends itself to easy watching or easy answers but the way that Emily Watson and Paul Mesco play it is absolutely fantastic it has this real like dark intensity to it even though you know the way that Emily Watson plays it is very, very stoic and the same with Paul Mescal as well. Like it's all sort of behind the eyes. It's all in little gestures and what have you. And it does move at quite a kind of, I would say, considered, some might say glacial pace, but definitely worth the watch. Okay. John Wick Chapter 4. Yes. Oh, that got a big exciting Oh my God, I am absolutely... Listen, I don't... I Listen... I absolutely am obsessed with John Wick. I think it is the premier action uh, franchise of the past 20 years. I think the only thing that can reasonably hold a candle to it is uh, Tom Cruise and Mission Impossible. This is following on from the third one, set directly after the events of that. If you didn't see the third one, essentially John Wick was portrayed by Ian McShane's character and is now on the run across the globe. This film is huge. Like I mean, it's set in Osaka, it's set in Paris, there's a fight sequence in New York, York, then there's another one in Berlin, then there's another one in Jordan, so it goes all over the place. Um, what's interesting about this is, I think, when you consider it to the first one, I mean, essentially how John Wick started was, it was this retired assassin who men broke into his house in the middle of the night and killed his dog, and he went on a kill-crazy rampage and just wiped them all out. That was the first film, and it's gone from that to this massive uh, globe-trotting uh, extravaganza with more characters and, and is more... better now? Better, yes. I mean, it's different. It's different, but it's still brilliant. It's still absolutely incredible. I mean, the action sequences are unlike anything you will ever, ever see. Keanu Reeves at 58 is able to throw him across, throw himself Sorry, across. Is Keanu Reeves 58? 58. Okay. He's 58, and he is hurling himself across the screen and beating the crap out of people. And it's, it's really, definitely him, not a stunt double. I mean, what, the way he describes it is, is that when a car drives up and knocks him over, there's somebody standing in. But when it's him kind of punching and fighting and throwing people through plate glasses, that's him. And he's... So, yeah, he is still doing that stuff. Oh, yeah, 100%. Perfect. Yeah, and it's, like I said, it's impressive to see. And the fact as well is, is that a lot of action movies, and I say, you know, Marvel and DC and all the rest of it, 
it's very much CGI. There's no practical effects. There's no kind of skill or artistry in it. Here, it's front and centre. They are doing their damnedest to make this as real as possible. And it is so worth seeing on a big screen. Okay. Lola, what's that? Lola, this is a brilliant... Again, this is a great one. This isn't out for a couple of weeks. But uh, this is a a sort of found footage sci-fi time travel film. And I'll explain. It's set in 1940. These two sisters, Thomasina and Martha, played by Emma Appleton and Stephanie Martini, come up with this device that's able to intercept radio and television signals from the future. So they're seeing, like, JFK, they're seeing David Bowie, they're seeing Martin Luther King, they're seeing, yeah, rock and roll being created in 1940. It's out there, I know, but stick no, with it. that's imaginative. I like yeah, the it sound is, of that. It's so imaginative. So they decide to document the whole process and how they do it, and they quickly, they quickly you know, as anyone would, this is during World War II, it should be used for the war effort. So then they start to use uh, Lola to help influence... Um, World War Two and defeating Nazi Germany, but of course it has terrible unintended consequences. The Blitz ends quickly, but then the Nazis just redouble their efforts and take over all of England. Yeah, and then Lola is then put into. I know. Yeah, I'm, I don't want to give too much away, but okay. It is so well, can so we hear a clip of it? Because sure. we have a clip of Thomasina played by Emma Appleton, one of the sisters who invented this time machine called Lola. This is Lola opened a magical new world. 1938 went into 1939, but those dates meant nothing to us. We were living in another time, and we finally had a reliable source of income. Remember that car I bought you? Way too small for those legs. But Lola didn't just show us the world's wonders. She also showed us its horrors. The Nazis had torn through Europe. Paris had fallen. Dunkirk had been evacuated and now Hitler had set his sights on Britain. The Blitz would claim thousands of lives over the coming months. Lola could no longer be just ours. Okay, that's mm-hmm. it. That out for a few weeks, so yes. Yeah, that's not out until the seventh of April, but oh, right, okay. I would absolutely watch it. It's fantastic. We're doing a bit of our own time traveling there, getting it head. Uh, yeah, <laughs> okay, <laughs> right. Uh, what's Infinity Pool? Infinity Pool. Wow. Okay, so Infinity Pool is directed by Brandon Cronenberg, who is the son of David Cronenberg. You'd know him from Dead Ringers, The Fly, Yeah, Crash. Like known for making these very twisted body horror films. Infinity Pool is set in this fictional country called Litalka. Alexander Skarsgård plays this sort of failed author who's there with his wife in this very luxurious resort. He meets up with Mia Goth and um, Abel Yulil, I think is the guy's name. Um, Essentially what happens is, is they go on this sort of drinking bender. He kills somebody as he's driving back to the hotel and captured by the police and they essentially offer him a way out of a death penalty which is that they will clone his body and then the body will be murdered yeah murdered ritualistically because that's what they're able to do in this country but when Alexander Skarsgård's character witnesses that he has some sort of like I don't know mental break with himself and decides basically that consequences no longer matter to him and when he has money he can pay for everything so they go off in this sort of like clockwork orange yeah 
kind of, uh, how do you say, orgy of violence and all the rest of it. Like, um, So Brandon Cronenberg didn't pick it up off the no, stone? No, definitely didn't lick it off a stone, as my dad would say. Um, but yeah, it's very, very dark, very, very insane. Mia Goth, I mean, she was in a film last week called Pearl, and she's in this this week. She's having a great run. She's one of these sort of, has this really interesting face, but the way that she plays it is, a, is in a very kind of strange way. It's brilliant. Um, this is not for everybody. I'm not going to recommend this because I wouldn't want people to think I'm crazy. Because when you go see it, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. It's like it's 18th and it absolutely earns that certificate, which is rare enough for IFCO as well. IFCO don't really hand out 18s all that often. This gets an 18 and absolutely deserves it. But uh, yeah, it's an interesting watch. All right, we better leave it there. Brian Lloyd from entertainment.ie, thank you very much for being with us. The last word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today FM.